Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello, and thank you for joining us tonight. I'm so glad you're with us. I think we have a delightful episode tonight. The topic, Ceremony, Invoking the Sacred into Our Lives. And our guest tonight is Sandra Ingerman. We're going to bring Sandra on in just a minute, but I wanted to talk about the the idea of culture or community. The... Um, the connection we have with people that we don't um, relate to as we, what should I say, perform our lives. These are neighbors we're, we're, or, or strangers, really, that, that in other cultures would gather at a community center and break bread together and perhaps uh, participate in ceremony or dance. In, in the lineage of our human mythology, there's been a, a a culture of connectedness in many many uh, societies, and with with how we're living our lives now, there's these things called smartphones that we carry around with us, and we and we stare at the phone, and we don't look up and look each other in the eyes so much. It's um, our culture, in some sense, has had a uh, an element of disconnectedness as we sit in front of our computers and get on social media or perhaps we're riding in a bus with other people but we're staring at our phones. We're not really, we're not really present to witness each other. And um, what I really like about the topic tonight is the idea of ceremony invoking the sacred back into our lives to to understand the um how it brings a cohesive element if you will among quote strangers unquote how it how it weaves together a fabric of community a fabric of connectedness and what i find curious is i've participated in many many ceremonies um, in my in my life, and the the way total strangers can come together and create a sacred space through ceremony, um, it touches every single person there. And our culture, from my perspective, th- there's a a very strong element of humanity that that's hungry for a more authentic story. They're hungry for a, a more authentic truth, if you will, and uh, and perhaps that could be taken a little deeper to say they're hungry for a deeper sense of connection or a deeper sense of fulfillment, and that's why I like bringing episodes like we have tonight on the show. Um, again, the topic tonight: ceremony invoking the sacred into our lives, and our guest, Sandra Ingerman. Uh, Sandra is known for gathering the global spiritual community together to perform powerful, transformative ceremonies, inspiring us to stand strong in unity while doing our own spiritual and social activism work. 
keeping a vision of hope and being a light in the world. She is passionate about helping people to reconnect with nature. Since the 80s, thousands have healed from past and present traumas through the classic cross-cultural shamanic healing method Sandra teaches called Soul Retrieval. Sandra has two new books released in 2018. The Hidden Worlds, which was co-written with Catherine Wood, it's a book for young adults navigating the changing world. And the, the book we're talking about tonight, which is the Book of Ceremony, Shamanic Wisdom for Invoking the Sacred into Everyday Life. This is written for a shamanic and general audience to bring the sacred into daily life by performing shamanic ceremonies designed for these challenging times we are all facing. Join me in welcoming Sandra to the show. Sandra, I'm so glad to have you as our guest tonight. Welcome. Thank you so much, and your opening was very beautiful. So thank you for that inspiration around community. Indeed. Well, I mean, to talk about community, you've been immersed immersed in (laughs) community for a very long time. And now you've written a book. It's a beautiful book. I love the cover. uh, It's it's clean and elegant, I guess I would call it. Um, So you... To write a book about ceremony, what about your background influenced you to write a book at this time regarding the book of ceremony? Well, I will definitely jump in and and answer that question. Um, If it's okay, I'd like to spiral back around to your opening because it was such a a powerful, you made some very powerful statements that... uh, really uh, um, come in strong when we talk about um, ceremonies. I'd love to just share a little bit before I talk about um, how I got into the work. And from a shamanic point of view, everything is connected. There is actually no separation. Everything on this earth, we live on Gaia, who's 4.6 billion years old, and we're part of her organism. Um, And so you can't separate out because we're all one organism. And in shamanic cultures, um, people actually saw their community as an organism. And if you... um, Whatever challenge you were going through, it didn't matter what it was. Your role was to add strength and character and uh, gifts to the community so that the organism could really thrive. And that's really something that uh, is so lost in our culture because you know, we tend to operate more from the personal. That's how we were raised. But yet in shamanic cultures, you were raised to understand that you were in this organism of this um, community, and it was your role 
to um, add your creative gifts and strengths so that the whole community survived. And so that's where so much of the power of ceremony um, uh, came from, was it, it really brought the whole community together in an incredibly bonded way to create harmony and healing for everyone in the community and to call in the goodness of life. And so I've always understood about ceremony. I've been, was introduced to performing ceremonies in many different ways, you know, as I was growing up and in my life. And um, I really just found that in the practice of shamanism, everything that we do is a ceremony. Everything that we do is a ceremony. And it's a way of, it's a spiritual practice where we set an intention and we work in partnership with the divine within us and connect with the divine without to bring about a desired outcome. And so I was so interested in the whole process of ceremony, everything about it really fascinated me and I learned like everybody learns when they perform ceremonies is that um, there's something that happens that is so mysterious that you really can't put a lot of words to it it really is kind of a a magical moment a sacred space a field of energy that you step into and so I was really, I, I was introduced to the practice of shamanic journeying in 1980. And then as I started to explore a little bit of shamanism and saw that actually shamanic journeying is considered a ceremony in shamanism of calling in the helping spirits and asking for guidance and healing, but it was also a way to... Um, release issues that no longer needed you that were anchoring you to your life and calling in your greatest dreams and honoring nature and the moon and the seasons and um, honoring the land and this really spoke to me and so I started to work in this way I I had a client who was a woman who wrote a lot on ceremony and I asked if she was willing to teach me and she said, Sandra, you know, I can't teach you anything on ceremony. Just set your intention, be creative and design a ceremony and do it. And so I loved gathering my materials together, my sacred herbs and my candle and making an altar and getting my drums and rattles and singing and 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 calling out to the spirits for my desired outcome and I loved it and then I started to bring it into uh workshops that I was teaching where groups of people we would uh perform ceremonies to release old beliefs that wasn't allowing us to step into our creativity. And as you spoke about, it created a bonding. People who didn't even know each other, you know, ended up becoming so bonded. And then over the years, I found it didn't even matter what a person's religious persuasion was. I could actually lead a shamanic ceremony with... um 
people of any religion as long as I was just willing to work with my wording a bit. And so it's just a path that felt so organic, so right for me. And it was really natural for me to work with ceremony on my own and then to start bringing it in uh, to teach it to my students and then start bringing it into communities. Well, you know, I'm sitting here thinking as we're talking about this, the the element of intention, you can have the notion of a, I mean, just to conjure up a, a an imaginary scenario there's a, a tribe a village of people and there's some con, some sort of disharmony within that culture uh, time can click off as long as it wants and and that disparity may or may not dissipate but um, when a person in a culture sets an intention to create ceremony then it's it's like a doorway to change because you're talking about the desire for a new paradigm, the desire for more authenticity, whatever. And and from that desire, you set the intention, you create a ceremony, and that creates an opportunity for transformation. And it and it what I'm getting at is without ceremony, it can be like this stagnant. Um, inertia, if you will, you know, where where there's dormant change. Well, that's an oxymoron. Where there's no um, uh, real action to make a difference. And then you talk about bringing the the simplicity of an intention, and then you wrap a ceremony around it, and then a new paradigm has the opportunity to be birthed. And if if a new paradigm isn't what a whole lot of people on this planet want right now, <laughs> uh, what is the power of performing ceremonies, and why are they so important to people in shamanic cultures? Well, I, you you so brilliantly actually answered that question. Um, I I love um, your perception, and I love the words that you call into being. So in shamanic cultures, um, we it was understood that we're in connection with everything that's alive. And so by performing ceremonies, it puts us in relationship, not just with everybody that's alive, but it puts us re- in relationship with life itself, the different phases of life. And so it's kind of taking a time out to honor that something very big happened for you or in the community, and this needs to be honored so that a transformation can occur. So, sorry, just a little water. Um, For example, um, ceremonies honor the different phases of life So when a mother became uh, pregnant, a ceremony was done to bless 
the child coming into the world who was going to bring amazing gifts into the community and then the birth and the naming and all of that, the welcoming of the child into the world, everybody welcoming the child into the world and letting the child know it has its place. And, you know, when people go through those transitions of going from childhood into puberty, that's important to honor. That was important for the culture to honor because now they have a new member back in their community um, who's grown and evolved and is going to bring in a whole different set of creativity into the community. And um, it was always understood that honor was so important, honoring everything that's alive, so the moon and the change in seasons and those who died, how how do you send them back gracefully back home again um, so that they you feel like you uh, stepped into an act of honor and respect for the deceased? And ceremonies when there were big environmental weather issues, um, working with the spirits to call in balance um, to heal some of the devastation. So every change that occurred in life, um, a ceremony was performed because it was how you stepped into the field of energy and actually entered into the flow because once our connection to the divine and when we perform ceremonies, that's what we're doing is we're speaking from the divine within to the divine without. And once our connection to the divine is restored, that's where we can enter into the flow of life And where most people are at right now is trying to control. They're scared of all the changes, and so they want to control. But when you actually stop gripping (laughs) on the outcome and you enter into the flow of life, all of a sudden um, good things start to come. The right people come into your life. All the situations come into your life. So ceremony um, in shamanic cultures was so important for the people to be in that flow versus the disconnection that you mentioned that we're all dealing with in our culture right now. It puts us back into the flow, and once we're in the flow, that's when we can manifest healing and what's best for our community, for ourselves, and for the world. I like that. I like I like when you said the ceremony uh, uh, of a child coming into the world, the ceremony um, affirmed, if you will, my words, I don't want to put words in your mouth, affirmed to the child that it has its place, that it belongs here. And then to... Well, if I look at the the culture, there's all these uh, little uh, sub-paradigms playing out. For example, uh, kids going to college, getting an education, then they get out of college and they go into the workforce and they can't find any uh, vehicle to um, convert their value into 
resources for living, um, or and and you also mentioned watching. I mean, um, I guess what I what I'm looking for is if we sit and we watch the story or the collective stories playing out on the media on social media and we want to find an answer to a conundrum that we have. The conundrum might not exist in the story, and it needs to be birthed through the intention of a persona of, 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 to open up an opportunity for the, par- the stagnant paradigm to re-enter into the flow. It's... It, it would serve us, I suppose, that when uh, when people who are experiencing uh, some kind of stagnation in their own growth, um, when a ceremony happens, the the people involved in the desire for change really need to have a face in the game. Uh, a shaman doesn't kind of reach over their shoulders and try to correct their paradigm for them. Is that right? I mean, it, it's kind of it's got to come from the from the consciousness that desires to change. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really interesting because in shamanic cultures, uh, children were raised with a skill set of um, how to honor oneself how to honor the community, how to honor nature, how to speak with nature so that um, you could uh, be in relationship with everything and find food, find the plants and the animals that are willing to volunteer themselves, Um, how our words and our thoughts and our daydreams affect everything in the community and the collective because our words, uh, the vibration of our words can be used as curses or as blessings. So can our thoughts and so can our daydreams. And this was all taught to children at a very early age. And these are skills that we actually never learned in our culture because uh, the culture that we were raised in it gets us to focus only on the tangible, what's happening in the tangible, not what's happening in the unseen. And with our words and our thoughts and our daydreams, we're constantly um, creating an invisible world of substance and we're building dreams that we don't want because we don't actually understand how intention works, and we weren't given um, a particular skill set as we were growing up. And so it's really important um, in our culture for us to learn how um, honoring um, nature and how honoring everything that's alive actually does end up opening up a flow where some of the um, challenges that we're facing and answers we can't find and jobs we can't get because we don't have the right training for what we want to do or we feel like we're stuck in an old paradigm, um, 
again, all of a sudden a flow opens up where what we need and what could help us um, start showing up without having to effort. It was just that we created that sacred space. We stepped into a field of harmony, and once you step into that place, um, then all kinds of things that are good and building tools for what it is that you want to transform and create all of a sudden start showing up for you, whether it's the people or practices or whatever you need uh, to make the change. And so ceremony is really um, a brilliant way for people to just open the veil between the tangible realms that we live in into the possibilities of we we live in a multidimensional universe and there are different possibilities when we're not so locked in uh to the rules and what we told what we were told we were told by authority figures what we're good at doing and um, don't shine too bright and don't be too creative. You'll get into trouble and you'll bring attention to yourself. And so now we're dealing with a whole generation of people who were born with these incredible tools that can help us right now, but we're paralyzed because we were all told, um, follow the rules of life and you'll get by don't do anything too unique you'll stand out and right now we need those unique tools that people came in with because we all came with in with different pieces of the puzzle that are gonna help us out right now nobody has all of it you know we all came in with a very vital piece and that is our role, is to step into community and share our creativity. And in your book, uh, the book of ceremony, is is such a, a practical, hands-on guide into really from from not knowing anything about it to 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 bring in the power of ceremony into a situation or paradigm. So, I mean, if if I'm a if I'm listening to the show right now and and I have a, a I represent a aspect of our culture that has some form of stagnation. Like we were saying it it takes a human being to step up with intention. And until that happens, the power of ceremony sits there dormant, really. And, mm-hmm. and ceremony is a is a as we've been talking about, it's a powerful transformative vehicle, if you will, not only individually but collectively, for the listener to to take the idea of ceremony for their own personal life and and even to be bold enough, like you were saying, we've been told, don't bring attention to yourself. Well. Throw that in the trash. I mean, <laughs> we need people to to stand up with a sense of intention and and purpose. And there's there's power in knowing that you're do you're fulfilling your own authentic uh, expression or desire. And and the the vehicle of ceremony is 
like I said, you know, a lot of people's lives sit in their dormant until they can recognize the power that it has. Can you? Um, I'd just like um, to add to that, um, if that's okay, of sure, sharing th- that um, it's so exciting right now to receive so many um, emails and case studies from. Uh, my students who did read the Book of Ceremony or studied with me before I wrote the the book, and they, you know, just for example, one of the ceremonies that I uh, share is how to create a prayer tree, which is a a universal practice. Um, I learned about it uh, from prayer trees being created in Siberia and through Central Asia, where a tree was asked, was spoken to out of honor and respect and asked if it was willing to carry the wishes of the community up to the creative forces of the universe that would make them make it so. And ceremony was done to bless the tree and then ribbons, and then people would tie ribbons on the branches loosely not to choke um, the branch of the tree. And then as I started uh, teaching this practice, people started sharing, yeah, we have blessing trees, wishing trees in Turkey and Italy and South America. It really is a cross-cultural practice. So I have so many students going out into parks right now who wrote instructions of tie a ribbon with a prayer for yourself, for your loved ones, for your community, for the planet. Tie it, blow it in, and tie it really loosely on a tree. And so there's parks of trees with all these beautiful ribbons and people getting excited and inspired. And one of my students wrote in um, uh, to um, an organization and said that she learned about uh, blowing bubbles of prayers for the world into the wind, for the wind to carry our prayers for peace and good things to the up to the universe. So she goes out in public on the streets blowing her bubbles and people stop her and ask her what she's doing and she says, I'm blowing prayers for the world up into the wind to carry it up to God or the universe, you know, whoever she's speaking to. And all of a sudden, people want to blow bubbles of prayers. And so ceremony actually becomes contagious um, when people join in and realize that you can um, you can pray for the planet and do it in ways where you're actively engaging. You're now a partner in life instead of stagnant and dormant and waiting for um, a hero or a heroine to come in and to make life better for you and for the planet itself. Ceremony makes us wake up to know we're the active participants in what happens in the world and People get so excited. At first, they're scared. What if I do something wrong? Um, And then once they realize it's all about honor and respect and really stepping into sacred space, all of a sudden their creativity goes. And even in the Book of Ceremony, I put in some ceremonies that some of my students are going and doing that are just 
brilliant and um and they work and it's about being willing to tap into our creativity and shine and to get other people interested in this because it, it, it's a lovely experience to join together with others in, in prayer. I like that. Well, I mean, let's, let's look at perhaps some examples. Can you share some ceremonies to release like uh, an old wound or perhaps to invoke a blessing? Sure. I I love working with the elements, um, and the elements love working with us. We're in relationship with them. Um, earth, air, water, and fire give us life. We would have no life without the elements, and we are earth, air, water, and fire. And one of the things I love to consider is how old the earth is and that when I do call in the earth to help me release something, I have a being that's 4.6 billion years old that's helping me in my releasing ceremony. So that gives me a sense of being stable and held and solid and centered and the midst of whatever trauma I'm trying to release and the wind, think about how old it was, the very first living being, and it's coming to kiss your cheek during a ceremony, and on and on, you get the point. And so the elements are wonderful to work with, and what I like to share with people is if you're going to do releasing something into an element, releasing an old pain, um, a relationship that no longer serves you, whatever's going on in your life, there's something anchoring you. There's a belief. It's not working for you anymore. You feel stagnant. You feel stuck. And it's time to transform it. And so you can um, go out into nature and find a stick and wind some brightly colored yarn around the stick and actually see yourself pulling that um, old pain out and winding it onto the stick. So now the stick is is actually in the pain embodied. It's not a representation. It holds what you're releasing. And then you you either make a fire if that's possible, or you can get a little um, you can get a bowl where you can burn a small stick in. If you have a bigger fire, obviously you can make a much bigger stick that re- that holds your pain, that releases it. You can even write words down on a piece of paper and burn them in a bowl. Um, or you can take a stone and you can blow into the stone. Again, ask a volunteer stone. We're all working together um, with nature. And blow that hurt, but then when you give it to the earth, if you bury it in the earth, ask that that pain be transmuted, be transformed so that you're burying um, light and love into the earth. And, of course, the earth will compost whatever is put into it. And you can do that with the wind. You go out and you take your bubbles and what is it? Who is it do you need to be released from? And you ask the wind to work with you in partnership and to transform your pain into 
loving, light-filled energies that are being shared with the universe as you do your healing work. Um, And so it's a beautiful way to do that. Or you could um, make a little boat out of natural materials, plants and sticks, and send it off into a river or send it into the ocean, or you can draw in the sand. Um, If you're at a beach, a mandala of something, a symbol that holds that full power of what you want to release and give thanks to the ocean for taking your pain when the tide comes in and transforming it into love and light. And you can do the same thing with blessings. And what I mean by blessings is let's say you want to call in, you've released that stagnation, you've released that old hurt, and now it's ready to bring in the goodness of life is Are you looking for work or a relationship or a community or good health, um, uh, more free time? Um, What is it that you would like to call in? And then just as one did could do with a releasing ceremony, you perform your invocations and you give thanks to all the helping spirits who are witnessing you as you step into a new phase of your life. You're now different. You've let go of your past and you're calling in something good. And you can also work with um, the same way with the elements and let them know what your greatest dreams are and ask that your dreams be taken up to the creative forces of the universe um, to manifest. And, of course, the key for all of us who live in a modern-day world where we mark time in a very limited way by calendars and minutes and hours, uh, the biggest key to a um, ceremony is surrendering the outcome. Because when you perform a ceremony, it's like cooking a meal, a really, really slow-cooked meal. You don't want to rush it. And we don't know the timing of when some of the things we ask for, when it's um, right for it to manifest in our lives. And so it's important for us to do the work that we feel passionate about, to listen to the call of our soul and to state the intention that we want to heal or what we want to call into our life. Um, that is our responsibility to do the work. And then the hardest part is surrendering the timing and the outcome afterwards. Well, well, I like what you're saying, the, the timing of, of an event and the outcome. So if you were to um, talk about that as an aspect of, the difference of working with power of the universe with working with the power of the universe in ceremony instead of trying to work with perhaps your own timeline uh, with power over and perhaps a sense of manipulation like uh, perhaps the ethics of performing ceremonies to change the weather Mm. now. Right. Yeah, it's it, it's 
it's definitely a very big issue because when shamans perform ceremonies, when shamanic communities perform ceremonies, they do a tremendous amount of preparation work to step away from the ego, to tap into their divine self, their higher self, their spiritual self to the depths of their soul. And it's very different what your soul is asking for because your soul and your spirit, um, they're mature. Um, They've been through lifetimes and they have a, a completely different sense of timing and need. But if you don't do your preparation work, you step in as your small self with your ego and what you're afraid about instead of feeling the support that you have from the universe. And that's when people start moving into trying to manipulate um, like a little kid would. Um, And you see that a lot. And what people don't understand, and I love that you brought up the example of weather because that is one of the places where you see people moving into um, big issues with trying to manipulate, is the weather is going to be affected everywhere from if you had that kind of power to stop a storm, uh, to call in the sun because you want a picnic, that could affect weather in a very big way in another part of the world. We don't understand how everything is connected. And when you change a pattern, you're changing something really big um, that might have bigger consequences than what you're dealing with in the present. And so the key is really to do a lot of preparation work or spending a lot of time in nature and deep reflection where you're not you're you're allowing yourself to drop into what your soul is calling for instead of what your ego is calling for. Right. And to have the discernment to know the difference between the two. Well, I and mean, we're all we're all learning that one, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've talked a little bit about the shadow side, perhaps, of ceremonial work, where there's a like a personal sense of power, and you're inflicting your will, so to speak, like some kind of a brazen sword. Um, can ceremonial work uh, be like? Uh, neglected or perhaps become rote or lose its power? Absolutely, and and we're definitely seeing that today. Um, There are different ceremonies that are performed for different reasons. Um, You know, even some of the way uh, some people choose to get married and uh, even divorced and uh, even our gratitude uh, practices, um, they can just become, you know, signing a paper or, uh, you know, with a divorce or um, with a birth or with um, some other things like gratitude. We're just getting up and saying thank you, but the words aren't heart. Felt we're not really focusing what's the vibration behind our words and are they blessing us and the rest of life. 
And so when you just do go about doing the steps of the ceremony, there is no power to it because ceremony was about the incantations of that incredible power of the vibration that had to travel into the unseen realms to build the bridges for healing energies that could flood back into this current collective. And a lot of people go into um, shamanic cultures because they're too nervous to learn about how to do ceremonial work in their own life and what's appropriate for our culture and the times we live in. And they see shamanic cultures doing a ceremony that was for their specific culture, for a specific issue, for a specific need that they had. And then people come back and copy the ceremony, but it has no power because you really have to feel in every cell of your body, you have to carry the power of the intention in your cells. Um, as you're going through the ceremony. And that's uh, that's a discipline that needs to come back into our culture. Otherwise, um, the ceremonies just aren't going to hold the same kind of power that they have the potential um, to what they can bring into our lives. That's, um, that's a, a good point. Yeah. I I held a men's group for uh, quite a while, several years back, and when I create a safe space, and uh, and the and the men felt that it was genuinely safe for them to kind of open up and kind of you know let their guard down, if you will, it would blow me away the sentences that would come out of their mouth. They would hold so much grief and sorrow and pain from the past. And when you were talking about, um, you know, just cut and pasting a, a ceremony from one culture to another, that it, I mean, it's it's got to get into your bones, uh, into the cells, I think is how you put it, of mm-hmm. of who you are as a person. And and to go through a divorce and just throw some ink on some paper and get up and you know um, go drink your blues away, that that there, there's no transformation in that and the and the stigma, uh, the pain, um, the the uh, perhaps the scarring on our psyche doesn't really have a full opportunity to release and heal. So this. I, I so love this conversation as such a a powerful vehicle. Ceremony is such a powerful thing. And to have a human being step up and say, I'm going to be the vehicle. I'm going to create this portal, this uh, this ceremonial opportunity for change. Um, you've, been, you've been doing this for a long time. How, what kind of transformation have you seen in people who have engaged in ceremony with you or perhaps taken ceremony on for themselves? Well, the transformations have been huge. I mean, first of all, again, um, uh, we have to be careful about attaching to outcomes because everybody, the outcome, the manifestation happens in the right time, 
but I've had the amazing opportunity to be to witness hundreds and thousands of people getting the healing they wanted, getting the relationship, the job that they wanted, um, feeling like they're now living in a house because they did a ceremony to bless their house that reflects back the beauty of their own soul. Um, parents are bringing children into the ceremonial work, and children are naturals at ceremony. And they're seeing their their whole families heal. Uh, families are coming together. I teach in the book virtual ceremonies, which means if everybody can't be together, how do you do it in your own space and connect psychically, spiritually together? Families are praying for, you know, coming in and doing these ceremonies of blessing um, a family member who's going in for surgery and all together going around the circle and blessing the surgeon and the whole staff in the hospital that everybody be in their perfection and their strength. And so it's bringing families together. Um, people are bringing ceremony into their work, and it's bonding them with coworkers. I mean, it's really amazing what we're seeing. And some of my students, you know, there's been some real disasters. There's been fires that have wiped out communities, floods that have wiped out communities, tornadoes. And some of my students have taken the courage to bring the community together and perform a healing ceremony where everybody is held and everybody is listened to, but in sacred space. And then some kind of ceremony is performed to ask for the goodness to return to the community. And people who never spoke to each other before are now all of a sudden bonded and helping each other rebuild. And so, you know, it's just been, I love, I mean, it's amazing what I'm seeing is happening with people stepping up and bringing ceremony into their lives. Well, and and you also mentioned, uh, for example, the gal that was blowing prayers into the wind through bubbles. And in your book, you talk about the um, the spirit of an office building, or perhaps lack of spirit in an office building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and this person t- created a prayer of ritual, a prayer of ceremony. And what I'm getting at here is it's a ceremony of a single person. It's an individual ceremony. When right. she's blowing the bubbles, it's that's her creating the ceremony of prayer through the vehicle of bubbles. It it you can you can take it upon yourself to to be that doorway, that intentional spark, if you will, that invokes the the ceremony of change in your personal life as well as uh, a prayer or an intention for a a part of a culture or the culture overall. So even an individual can can create a ceremony in and of themselves then. Is, Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I started out just doing my own ceremonies for years. I just did personal ceremonies and and you know, definitely it's it's a way to bring 
uh, more where you have your own space. There's nobody around you. You start to learn how to state intentions. You start to learn for yourself how to prepare, how to call in the helping spirits in a way that matches um, your own heart's desire and how you want to honor. And so then when you start to feel more comfortable with how you're approaching ceremony, that's the time to start, you know, bringing some other people in and and starting to approach that too. And in shamanic cultures, it was understood, again, that everything is alive. And so our our houses, um, shamans don't understand that our houses and offices don't have a soul because every building was made with, every material was blessed. Um, everything had so much life force to it. It was so healthy that went into buildings. And so we can all call back in personally do our work to call back in the soul of our houses, our apartments, and our offices by simply honoring the spirit of this space. It's a living space, and you can make it sacred by speaking to it and bringing flowers to the soul and saying, I love you, and thank you for reflecting back um, my beauty and my power and um good energy as I do my work and as I live my life. And so that's something that we can all bring into our life. Personal ceremonies are absolutely wonderful, and it's the best way to start so we become comfortable. We find our own way when we start doing personal ceremonies. I like that. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast. Uh, <laughs> I want to I want to make sure our listening audience knows how to connect with you and get your book. Can you take some time now and just give us a comprehensive idea? For example, are you available for ceremony? Is I mean, tell us how the audience can get your book and engage you and understand the platform that you've created for yourself. Yeah, well, um, I have a website, uh, com, and I love to share resources with people. So there's lots of articles and interviews and YouTube videos um, of me talking about shamanism and writing about shamanism. So people actually understand what the practice is and um and I've written 12 books and and created eight audio programs and the book of ceremony is my new beautiful um such a it has such a vibration such a energy and you can order that from wherever you like to order books. I know people have their personal preferences. Um, you can definitely order off of my website if you uh, would like to. And I am very um, available to engage. And um, I have an author's Facebook page, and people can private message me. And I do post on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and so I'm pretty easy to find out there. And if you would like to find a local teacher or practitioner in your area who can help you learn about ceremony or design a ceremony for your community, 
I've been training brilliant shamanic teachers and practitioners since 2003, and I have a very large international list on www.shamanicteachers.com, and you can find somebody local who uh, can help bring your community together to perform ceremony or to teach you how to do it, um, too, if you want just a little bit more uh, personalized help. Um, We have a lot of people out there who are willing to step in and teach, and it's just a really exciting time of people stepping into the field of ceremony and Um, there's just so much to explore. So check out SandraIngerman.com, check out the Book of Ceremony, and check out ShamanicTeachers.com. Well, well, Sandra, the the passion of your heart and the compassion you have for humanity is really self-evident. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, uh, Les. You're an amazing person. I've, you just have a way of using words that's so perfect. And so thank you. It's been a real delight. And thank you, everybody, who's been listening. And I send blessings to everyone. We've been talking with Sandra Ingerman, and her website is sandraingerman.com, S A N D R A. I-N-G-E-R-M-A-N dot com. You know, it's uh, change happens through the individual. Change happens when consciousness shows up. Uh, every single point of presence of consciousness, that means you, that means me, that means all of us. All of us have the opportunity to be inspired where that the the new spark, the new consciousness, the new paradigm is born. And what I really like about our episode tonight is we look at the value of intention. The as creating an intention as creating a doorway, creating a, a a new opportunity, if you will, a new vector, a new tangent. Um there's really no problem in front of us as a collective culture. Humanity easily, easily has the power to create any paradigm we so desire. We're never, ever stuck. We are the creators of the future by what we choose and by what we intend and what we put our intention on. I happen to know that your your point of presence, your consciousness, your existence is a vehicle for you to express yourself with. Your sheer existence is a ticket to create. You have flesh and bones in this game of life. You are part of humanity. You fit in as much as anybody else on the planet. You belong here. And don't worry about if if the paradigm or the story that the collective's showing you doesn't make any sense to you. Join the club. <laughs> so many of us don't fit in because we're not intended to fit into the old paradigm. It's a caterpillar story. Humanity is about to be birthed into the butterfly paradigm. It's a much uh, freer mechanism. 
Hey, uh, I'm so delighted you chose to spend this time with us tonight. It's always a pleasure for me to bring you episodes like this. Um, I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for joining us tonight. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening.